0: Where did my desire to hide, to fit into the crowd, to blend in with the masses, come from? Being born to teenagers, 17-year-old mother, 19-year-old father, raised around four divorces and six marriages between my two parents, going to nine different schools by eighth grade, along with dealing with shame as a child of the things that were happening in my home, ranging from alcoholism, abuse, and neglect, um, the inability to hold back anger, to have proper communication, and all that arose from that led to massive shame as a child, along with continuously being the new kid in school. People didn't know me, I didn't fit in, I didn't uh, feel Accepted. I was bullied, I was picked on, I was a very small child, uh, way smaller than than average. Um, I was a late bloomer that didn't come up with any uh, issues or challenges until in high school. But just to give you an idea of how small I was, I was also a wrestler. And prior to high school, I started wrestling at 45 pounds, 50 pound weight class. And then when I got into high school as a ninth grader, I wrestled the 91-pound weight class, even though I was mid-80s as far as what my weight was. I didn't have to suck any weight to wrestle 91. And then my uh, freshman and sophomore year, I wrestled 91. My junior year, I wrestled 105. And my senior year, I wrestled 119 pounds. Graduated at 119 pounds, right? tiny and and by the way at that point I also had a fake ID and would be in bars and I can just imagine this short tiny kid showing an ID how everybody must have known and just how preposterous it was for me to be in a bar at 119 pounds looking like a baby (laughs) it's kind of funny in retrospect but at the time you know I felt like it's like a little dog that feels like they're a huge big bulldog type of thing. So anyhow, I digress. But that feeling of being the new kid in school, not knowing anybody, uh at the same time also having poverty, having uh pants that weren't long enough, the the, the high water pants, having, you know, just the whole experience and what that brought was a shame and just feeling of not wanting any attention and, want, and just to fit in. So I stopped raising my hand. I just I just uh, wanted to blend in and not get any extra attention. Then it, it, it crossed over into the Marine Corps. When I arrived at Marine Corps boot camp, first of all, holy cow, what uh, an indoctrination process that is. On the bus from the airport to Paris Island, South Carolina, you arrive, and the second you arrive, boom! Drill instructors get on the bus and start screaming, and you get, you know, get off and stand on the yellow footprints. You're standing there, and drill instructors are yelling right in your ear, right in your face, and it's just a whole shock and awe, what the heck is going on here, type of scenario. And I quickly realized, holy cow! this is no joke this is not uh, normal life this is this is going to be a crazy three months and uh, man it just continued right away then you get you don't know what time it is you know you they, they run every aspect of your day you wake up super early you go to bed who knows when and it just repeats um, and I tried blending in I didn't want any attention from the drill instructors and All I did was whatever they told me to do as fast as I could do it and as good as I could do it Um, and no matter how fast no matter how good I did it come to realize that I still will be told I'm a piece of shit and you know not worth anything and you know just just totally put down for anything no matter how good it's done And in the beginning that was kind of hard to grasp too Uh, but psychologically you either learn to, to deal with it and understand it and expect that, or uh, it would drive you crazy. And a lot of people left because they couldn't, they couldn't handle that type of pressure, that type of continual bombardment. And for about a month and a half, I just did what was mine to do as fast as I could, as best as I could, and then halfway point, almost almost like a little bit before, I don't remember, but it was roughly the halfway point, Bill, you're now the guide. And, uh, shit, at this point, the guides up to that point, and they kind of rotated, you know, they, they were trying to find who that leader was, and when it, it, up to that halfway point, when someone messed up in your platoon, that someone would get the punishment. But at the halfway point, it now had reached the point where if someone messed up, the guide would get the punishment. So I'm like, oh, crap, now I'm the guide, i got to step up and be that leader, and just so happens it would have been easier for me to be that leader back when uh, the first half the guide wasn't punished when other people messed up now i'm the guide i got to be that leader and if and then when anybody messes up which they continually will i'm the one who's going to get punished like isn't this a crap deal that i've been dealt like what the heck so that was me trying to hide and then me being put in a leadership position And then I had two options, Um, you know, neglect that responsibility or take it and run with it. And I chose the latter and like, look, all right, I didn't want this. I didn't, I didn't seek out this role, but I'm in this role and here's how it's going to go. So these types of conversations with the platoon would happen at the end of the day when everybody's exhausted and we already were in the rack and the drill instructors are gone. Like, all right, everybody get together. Let's go. Here's, Here's what the game plan is. We've got to come together. We've got to work as a team. And guess what? I will take all the punishment all day long if you're giving me your all. But if I'm getting punished and you're not giving me your all, we're going to have some difficulties. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some some confrontations. Because I'm not going to get punished for you slacking. So everybody in agreement? I will gladly accept any and all punishment if you're giving your all. But there's going to be big problems if you're not. If I'm getting punished because of your slacking, there's going to be some, some real heart-to-heart conversations. Everybody get it? And so we pulled together, and I had to step into that leadership role. Even though I didn't want it, I stepped into it. And at that point, and from me having those types of follow-up meetings with everybody and, and even discussions with the people who I know had more to give but weren't given all they were capable of, Um, And squashing beef amongst uh, different race, ethnic, uh, financial, it was a wide variety of a mixing pot who was in this platoon. And me, being that person who was implanted into many of those families from the marriages and divorces, and being the new kid in so many different schools, I'd been... I'd been that chameleon who could fit in with the jocks, with the skaters, with the bike. I could fit into all the different categories from my childhood. So to me, I was oblivious to the hate and the uh, lack of coming together from so many different reasons. You know, Because of someone being Italian, because of someone being Catholic, because of someone being a different color or race or country or all these different things, I was oblivious to. Like that was a new experience for me. And the good news is, was I was naive to it, which helped me be someone who just was able to squash it. I didn't buy any of that crap. Like here we are. I said, look, we're here to, together as a platoon. I don't give a shit what anything prior to here led to or whatever biases or, or things that you came into here. But here we're all a team and we've got to work together as a team or we're all going to suffer. And And I was able to squash a lot of that beef and have the platoon come together and give their best. And we ended up winning all that could be won in boot camp. We won the drill competition. We won the highest rifle range score uh, for our platoon against everyone else. We won the highest PFT average score. We won the highest testing score. We won all that could be won from our platoon coming together from, in part, my leadership At the halfway point of that three-month journey of hell called boot camp, that I didn't dive into, I didn't go in wanting to be that leader. I actually tried hiding. Yet I gave my all. And actually, I remember there were some uh, of the platoon prior to me being brought on as a guide in the very beginning, when we're running and when we're doing all this other stuff. That several of them approached me and was like, "Yo, dude, you got to slow down. You're making us look bad." Like what? Like no, there's no. There's no slowing down. If you're if you're slacking on a run, that's up to you to pick up your pace. If you're getting picked on and and you know uh, the drill instructors are up your butt because they know you're slacking and you know you're slacking, you got to give your all. I'm not slowing my pace down. You can You got to pick your pace up. And that's kind of that that type of me just being that person who was just giving my all continuously is what led to the drill instructors choosing me at that halfway point. To be the guide and fast forward not only did we win everything but the day before graduation we graduated april 2nd 1993 from platoon 3028 out of paris island south carolina so april fool's day <laughs> of 1993 um my uh, one drill instructor uh, staff sergeant dubois it's like hey come with me you know and, and uh recruit come with me recruit and he's like we've chosen you to be the honor man like, whoa, I didn't know there was such a thing, okay? And so I was just naive, and they chose me to be the the guide. I led us to win everything. Then at the end, they chose me to be the honor man. And I didn't know. I'm naive. Like, I just I just went in there and gave my all. And then, oh, like, there were some people that they went into boot camp trying to be the honor man. Like, that was their goal leading into it. I didn't have any goal other than to just survive, first of all. Mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, get through this this living hell, and two, just give my all, and in doing so, I was highly rewarded. I didn't go in there seeking it, but it was a nice side benefit that I, oh crap, I didn't even know that existed, but cool, thank you, I'll accept it. And so the cool part about that was, um, my grandparents were able to make it to that graduation ceremony, and when they arrived. Um, there's someone came up to them with an invitation and excuse me, are you Mr. and Mrs. Beale? They're like, yeah. The base general would like to have you sit next to him uh, during the graduation ceremony because your grandson has been chosen as the honor man. And, whoa, did they feel prou- proud. And my grandpa, who uh, was in the Navy during World War II, actually prior, he was in the Navy prior to Pearl Harbor. He was actually in a ship that was at Pearl Harbor the day after that the ship was not meant to be at Pearl Harbor, but after the, it got bombed that day, um, his ship came in to help clean up um, the devastation. So he was there at Pearl Harbor the day after the attack, and maybe later in the day. And and so I remember growing up watching documentaries on uh, Pearl Harbor, and he, yeah, that's, so, that's so-and-so, and that's so-and-so, yeah, yeah, like he knew the people that were on the documentary because he was there um, the ship had been into Pearl Harbor before it went on wherever it was uh, off of the base um, when the the strike hit. And then they turned around and brought them back. So I don't know if they made it back later that day or the next day. But he was there and knew many of the people who were, were and are in uh, much of the history books um, from that uh, tragic day. So he was super proud. Uh, because he gave a story. He's like, man, we didn't know. Like, they're like, how's your, how, oh, you're here for your grandson's graduation? How, how'd you do? I don't know. I think he did pretty good. He's always been good at what he does. So I'm sure he did all right. It's like, oh. oh, our, our son did so amazing. Our, our, you know, and he's like, people were bragging so hard about how great their, their son or daughter was doing in boot camp. And then they got invited to sit next to the base general and they're like, yeah, I guess, uh, he did all right. <laughs> he got chosen as the honor man. So that's, kind of a fun story because when you just do what's yours to do with all that you've got not seeking accolades not seeking rewards not seeking uh, even financial rewards or or quote-unquote success but you're just tending to what's yours to do the byproduct is you receive things that you probably weren't even aware were, were there so a nice byproduct of being someone who is a value creator, someone who is a contributor, someone who does help people get from where they are to where they want to be, is it's super rewarding in doing it and giving your all, but it's so much more rewarding in what you're also blessed with. It's the law of sowing and reaping at a whole different level. When you finally get clear on what's yours to do and you do it with all you've got and you give your all, you don't hold back, you'll get to that next Milestone, and be in receiving mode for what's yours. Like you did it just because it was yours to do. But then, oh by the way, a nice little side benefit is you get this, and you get this, and you get this, and you get you get your dreams to become a reality is what you get. So that circles back to the basics of many uh, religions, uh, including the law of sowing and reaping, but also. The Golden Rule of Business by Zig Ziglar, which you can have everything in life you want if you simply help enough others get what they want. So, hiding was a common theme throughout my life. Due to shame. Due to not feeling good enough. Due to not wanting the attention. Not wanting to get bullied. Due to its additional responsibility. I, don't, I already have it uh, challenging enough. I don't want any additional responsibility. However, there comes a point when It's time to stop hiding. It's time to put your stake in the ground, to be that leader, to share your insights, to share your experiences, to share your personality. Because that's one of the three elements that separates you from everyone else out there. Your personality, your experience, and your perspective. If you keep it a secret, you're hurting people that you claim that you love and would want to help and want to guide and want to protect, by you playing small, it's a negative uh, law of sowing and reaping. When you play full out and you go for what you know is yours to do, you will be rewarded immensely with joy, with happiness, with fulfillment. And you will also be rewarded with the law of sowing and reaping with reaping the financial and the uh, other benefits that come from being that leader who people need. Well, Tom, there's other people who are already doing what what I can do. Yeah, but guess what? They don't have your personality, your experience, your perspective. And and trust me, yours will resonate with some people even when whoever the best in that particular niche or field is, you know, let's just pick uh, Tony Robbins for instance. He's amazing in so many ways. But there are people that absolutely hate Tony and won't listen to anything he has to say. No matter how life changing it may be for so many, they aren't interested at all. And that's not any dig on Tony, that's just how people are. There's a statement called SW4. SW and the number four. Some will, some won't, so what, someone's waiting. So use that example of Tony and implant that into any niche. Whoever that top expert is, no matter how many raving fans, no matter what type of cult or culture he's built, there are people that hate that person, can't stand that person, won't listen to a thing that person has to say. Nothing to do with that person. However, it's why and how you have the opportunity to put your stake in the ground as an expert with your unique personality, experience, and perspective There may be some crossover, but no one has what you have to deliver. And some are going to love it, some aren't. So what? Someone's out there waiting because they aren't able to connect to any of the other people who are out there as quote unquote leaders. They're waiting for you to step up and be that leader. And so this is a true story of my life. And this is, you know, here we are at 49 years old. Ironically, (laughs) I was picked as the guide halfway through boot camp a three-month period of hell in Paris Island, South Carolina. I'm 49. Some would call this halfway point of my life. And I'm stepping up into being who I am. And I am not the person that I was a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I'm, I'm the person I am now because of all that I've experienced up to this point. So I am done hiding. I am stepping up as that guy. And... Drop your seatbelt on because it's going to get crazy. And that's not said in any any way, shape, or form to have fear related to it. It's going to get crazy because, A, the world is in bizarro world right now. Like we all recognize, we we switched into the twilight zone a couple years ago. And that's okay. That's kind of like a new boot camp that we're in. You know, figuring out, getting our grounding, what the hell's going on? What's up with all these lies and deception and bullshit? Well, that's going to happen, but you can't let that stop you from knowing where you are, grounded from a place of zero fear and and getting clear on here's where I am, here's where I'm going. And you know what your next step to take is. And that's it. That's it. This isn't about over-planning. This isn't about procrastination. This isn't about curling up in a ball of fear. This is about knowing that you and I are in the greatest amusement park in the universe. And just like if we were with our family in an amusement park, We're not sitting in the corner staring at our phone. We're up and walking with purpose to that next ride that we want to get on. We're walking with purpose to our next adventure. What's next? What's next? Where are we going to now? And we know that our time at this amusement park is brief. Whether it's a day that we're there at the amusement park together, three days, five days, whatever the time frame is, it's over before you know it. Guess what? This journey in the greatest music park in the universe, called Life Here on Earth, is over in a flash. And you got two options. You can sit in the corner staring at your phone, or you can get up and walk with purpose to what's next. And that comes from getting the clarity. And, and what I don't want for you is to be as that last day of you being escorted out, that last breath, which I've been there. I've been walking towards the bright white lights. You'll hear about my near-death experience. And I said, stop, this isn't how it's supposed to end. I know you had more for me to accomplish, send me back. I had been helicopter lifted from that particular accident, had woken up in intensive care with a respirator breathing for me, and the only thing I remember is it hurts like a hell to wake up when you're conscious with a respirator breathing for you. And there's more to that story we'll get into. But I also was there for my mother's last breath and my father's last breath. I was there for my... um, ex-father-in-law's last few days and I was there for my best man's mother last few days and I've seen how some people are leaving this amusement park high-fiving those around like man it's been one hell of a journey we went for it and others have a lot of regrets I don't want you to be escorted out saying oh I didn't know that ride was here oh I, I wanted to ride that I wanted to do that but you're being escorted out you missed the opportunity. It's been there all around you, your entire life. You never seized it. You never got grounded enough. Seized the confidence and courageousness necessary to go for the dreams that you have. Enough of that shit. This journey's brief. I don't care if you've been going at it, and you've had some great accomplishments so far. I mean, I deal with many very well-known, respected, super successful uh, millionaires, decamillionaires, millionaires people that made hundreds of millions and more doesn't matter what you've accomplished or what you haven't accomplished. Actually, it can be a whole different set of problems for people that have had their dreams and more come true because they have that back-from-the-moon type of syndrome. They have a feeling of like, well, I guess I did all I can do. No, fuck that. You still got more to do. You haven't done shit compared to what you're capable of doing. It's time to find that new burning desire, that new goal, that new aspiration, and that new fire to step up and be all that you can be. Because one of the big traps that I've helped a lot of people uh, with super success get over is all the bullshit programming and distractions that the world and society has fed into us as to what it means to be successful and rich. Well, that means you have to do this and this and this. Bullshit. I, it, just, it just sickens me. And, and I've been in that. I've been in that circle. And I've done that shit. And it's... It's super unfulfilling, and it's a super realization of how, is this what my life's meant to be? All this led to here, like this is what my life is now? So I get it. Like whether you are someone with a big dream, or, and, and you haven't felt that you've stepped into uh, with all that you can uh, muster, your, your courageousness, your discipline, your commitment to go for those dreams, or you've turned your dreams into exponentially more than what you ever could have dreamed of, Wherever you are in that spectrum, I know you got more to accomplish. I know you're capable of more. Just like when I was getting escorted out of here and I said, stop, this isn't how it's supposed to end. I know you had more for me to accomplish. Send me back. My hope is that's what I encourage you to come to that same statement. Like, all right, I've done what I've done up to this point, but you ain't seen shit yet. Watch this. I'm done hiding. I'm done playing small. I'm done fitting into the crowd. It's time for me to shine. It's time for me to go for my dreams. It's time for a plot twist in my life. Some will like it, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting. But I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit in the corner staring at my phone while I'm at the greatest amusement park in the universe and not enjoy what's around me, to not uh, make the most of this incredible environment that I'm in, to turn my dreams into reality. I'm going to fucking step up and go for it. Some people will look at me like, what the hell happened to you? What got into you? And... You know, sometimes it's appropriate to share. Sometimes it's not. It's up to you to discern who's ready to hear the truth. But you're here. And I'm here to deliver some truth that will unlock some hidden secrets that will simplify this journey for you. See, I overcomplicated it many, many times. And and I've figured out there's a way to do it the hard way. And there's a way to get the same result in a much more simpler way. Still requiring discipline, commitment, follow through. There's no, there's no secret back door that leads you to the promised land without you stepping up and taking some action. However, there's a hard way and there's an easier way. And I've been nicknamed the simplifier because i found simple ways. Okay, here's where we're, we're wanting to go. Well, we could take this whole maze or we could just bust straight through. We've got the capability to go right through or fly over. We've got multiple ways to get to that destination without going the way everybody else does. And ethically and honestly, by the way, this is staying uh, congruent and in alignment with who you are. So anyhow, get ready. It's going to be a hell of a journey. And I congratulate you for choosing to be here because this is exactly where you're supposed to be. Our paths crossed at the exact time. Everything happens in life exactly. We'll get into some stories that will help solidify that. And I'm sure you already have stories of your own that would solidify that to help you realize you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Whatever labels, good, bad, indifferent, or any other labels you put on it, good. You're right here right now. That's all that matters. Now, get clear on where you're going. And let's go. All right. Get ready. The journey's going to get fun. Let's continue.